sing as one my land, my for this country we're walking on my land, my we stand together to protect this land for the future we're hand in hand program may contain traces of irony, sarcasm, satire, parody, mockery, banter, caricature, and nuts. The opinions expressed are almost certainly not shared by self-appointed officious dictatorial wowsers. If you are dangerously irony deficient or allergic to mockery of the self-important and corrupt, then get a life. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's time for another episode of the Environmental As Anything podcast. Thanks for joining me today. I'm Sean O'Shaughnessy. As usual, Environmental As Anything is produced on the stolen lands of the Bunjalung Nation, and we pay respects to elders past, present, and emerging. We have a shorter than usual show for you today due to some technical issues in the radio studio, but uh, it's an action-packed episode nonetheless. We'll be focusing on a feature on the rising tide blockade of the world's biggest coal port in Newcastle last weekend. Thanks for subscribing to the Environmental As Anything podcast. If you're enjoying the show, then I would encourage you to please go and invite your friends to like our Facebook page. It's always good to build up the audience for all the news, interviews and analysis on Mother Earth that we can cram into the show. So thanks for your support. I'm Sean O'Shaughnessy and here is our special on the rising tide people's blockade. So we're standing at Horseshoe Beach at the mouth of the Hunter River here, which is the uh, entrance to the world's biggest coal port here in Newcastle. And uh, the rising tide is about to take off. Just had some rousing speeches from a whole heap of fantastic uh, speakers here, but we've now got the crowd of people making their way towards their vessels over there, which is uh, there's hundreds of uh, kayaks sitting on this beach ready to go, and there's hundreds of people ready to get into them and take them out and put them in this uh, coal port. The tide is rising and the rising tide movement is uh, is making sure that uh, we don't actually make this any worse today. We're going to stop half a million tonnes of coal from leaving the world's biggest coal port here in Newcastle. Today and tomorrow we've got 30 hours of blockade planned and who knows what after that. But lots of happy faces, lots of excited people. So I've just bumped into none other than Bob Brown here at the Rising Tide Blockade at the mouth of the Hunter River here in Newcastle, the world's biggest coal port. Bob, uh, what are you doing here? Uh, Well, we're here to stop the coal exports and Rising Tide's done a fabulous job, but there's thousands of people from all over Australia. Uh, Just met Green Senator Pocock from Adelaide right here And, and the tide is rising. We are going to put an end to this, what's called a high crime by um, some of the top scientists in the world of bringing coal out of the ground, burning it, heating the atmosphere and threatening life on this planet, including our own. So uh, what, what do you think about this crowd? What do you think about all these people who've turned up? Well, they're all smiling, you see, because we're on the way to making the world a better place. All those grim-faced coal CEOs and the politicians who support them in the Labor and Liberal Party, they look so serious. It's because they're losing, you see. 
And this is the way the world is going. There's a good feeling in the air. So everybody's happy. So what do we think of Bob, people? Right, so that's Bob Brown, and this is the uh, the crowd assembling around the, uh, uh, the 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 rising tide here. There's a stage just uh, just being set up. Okay, I've just bumped into Adam. Bant here at the rising tide. Where else would you be on a beautiful day like this? We're at the uh, the mouth of the Hunter River at the world's biggest coal port here in Newcastle. Adam, what are you hoping to see happen here today? Uh, look, people are just fed up with you know, gaslighting governments that uh, say that they uh, take an action on climate and then opening up new coal and gas mines. And this is the world's biggest coal port. We know coal and gas are the causes of the climate crisis and are driving us towards a hellish future, and yet our governments still want more. But you know, people power's on the rise. The seas are rising, but so are we. And uh, people are now saying, well, coal and gas are getting in the way of a safer climate, so we're going to get in the way of coal and gas. So while this is going on here in Newcastle, obviously people power ruling the day, what, 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 what should be happening in Canberra right now? It's a really simple thing that governments could do, and that is listen to the people and listen to the climate science and stop opening new coal and gas mines. Like you don't put the fire out by pouring petrol on it. We've just like the message is crystal clear. Uh, the decisions that we make now are going to echo for generations, and now's the time to make sure that we ensure a future for all of us, and that means stopping opening new coal and gas. And that's um, the message that we'll be taking back when we go back to Parliament next week. Good on you. Um, the New South Wales government are uh, clearly sort of showing some ambivalence. They're showing some, some, some two, two sides of a uh, two faces on this story. Uh, we've got a, a massive presence of New South Wales police here, but the New South Wales police ministers said that they're actually going to permit this to go ahead. Do you think that there's a, a, a cracks are appearing in the fossil fuel edif edifice? Are, are, uh, are the governments of Australia going to actually start getting on board now? Well, look, you know, we had, we had a couple of elections recently here in New South Wales, but also uh, nationally, and we had a previous government that was terrible and was just explicit about opening new coal and gas projects. People voted for change and action on climate, but at the moment they're not getting it because whatever the rhetoric comes, in reality, uh, Labor's approving new coal and gas mines and still giving it its full-throated backing, and they're trying to crack down on people who are speaking out but what's crystal clear from you know the marches that we've seen for peace around the country and students going on strike for climate and now here as well is that people are going to speak up and uh, instead of Labor trying to silence people they should just listen to what people are saying you know stop opening coal and gas mines stop making the problem worse. Well thank you have fun today I hope you get out there and have some fun mucking around in boats. Yeah that's the plan. <laughs> My goodness, oh my goodness, it's a who's who of the environment movement here today and now I've bumped into Sue Higginson who's here at the rising tide blockade of the world's biggest coal port at the mouth of the Hunter River here in Newcastle. Sue, welcome. 
Thank you very much. Where else would I be on a day like today, right here? We are here at the People's Blockade of the world's largest coal port. It is absolute madness. We know the planet is struggling. We know it's on fire. We know that this is the world's largest coal port and every day, except for today, coal is leaving this port like there's no tomorrow. We are literally here in New South Wales responsible for fueling the climate crisis across the globe. The New South Wales government right now is sitting complacent, complicit, and we are fueling this crisis. And today, today is amazing. There are people from everywhere who have come out in the rain, they've got their wet gear on, they're going out in the water, and they are saying no to coal. Do you know there are still 14 coal projects in the pipeline on the table in New South Wales right now? It is madness. We need to stop the madness and the people here today are literally stopping the madness. And then we will stick it to the Labor government and we say no more coal. It's time to stop. Absolutely, like there's an enthusiastic crowd of people who are assembling around us. So what, what do you think of these people? These people are heroes. They are superstars, they are brave, they have courage, they have vision, and today they are actioning their hope like every day. Yeah. And hope is a muscle, and you exercise it, and it is the leverage for change. These people are heroes. Yay! And what do you, what do you heroes think about Sue? After 32 hours of effective blockade of the world's biggest coal port in Newcastle, 97-year-old Reverend Alan Stewart was arrested along with 108 others at the People's Blockade. This was his first brush with the law and this is what he had to say to the assembled world's media after he was released. <coughs> I joined in with the uh, protest on the, on the sea on the bay and uh, we were arrested for overstaying our I'm not sure what but I'm happy to be um, whatever happens to me doesn't matter but what happens to the uh, climate 
because the climate is going to uh, affect future generations, my grandchildren and great-grandchildren and so on, and as well as other peoples. And uh, I want the, them to have the same privileges that we had growing up. Uh, there were no problems climate in, in, in those. I grew up in the uh, 40s, 50s, 60s. And, uh, you know, it was, nobody was slightest bit concerned with the climate. The climate was what was there and that. But now we realize that we can affect the climate. We can change the climate. And we're not, there are so many in this country, particularly in the coal industry, who are not concerned with what is going to be the climate for future generations. So I'm just concerned for, for the, that other people should have the same privileges that I've had. Reverend Stewart's concern for the welfare of future generation was reflected by the vast range of ages that were represented in the People's Blockade. My name's Angelie Beams. I'm a 17-year-old from Adelaide and I'm a School Strike for Climate student. I got arrested yesterday because the Australian government has consistently ignored the demands of young people for action on climate change. My future is getting sold by the fossil fuel industry for profit and I'm not going to sit idly by while that happens. It's the Australian government's failure to act that's forcing young people like myself to step up. They treat us like we're criminals, but they're the ones who are putting their greed above our lives. We know that the climate crisis is here and now, and if there's any hope of mitigating the consequences and saving people's lives, we have to stop new fossil fuel projects, and that includes new coal. Students across this country have been protesting on the streets for years, and we've not been listened to. So it's time for us now to step up and start taking more drastic action to ensure that our voices are heard and that our future is secured on this planet. I'm sitting at the mouth of the Hunter River in Newcastle, the world's biggest coal port, and I'm speaking to Grant Howard, who's had 22 years in the coal industry in the Illawarra, and Grant spoke eloquently uh, yesterday here at the rally uh, for the rising tide to, uh, to end new coal. So, Grant, how does a, a, a coal miner end up speaking at an anti-coal rally? Uh, look, it's it's been an interesting journey, but um, uh, yeah, look, I grew up in the Illawarra and as a kid, surfing on those beaches and riding out to the rainforest on the Illawarra escarpment, you know, that was a, a massive part of my life. And so, um, you know, that's, that's, that's my background, that sort of underpins who I am. And then sort of in around about 1981, you know, I left school and I had, you know, the message for me was you had to get a job. Um, and, and and that's what I did. I ended up getting a job at uh, Appen Colliery, which is uh, where I started my career at Appen Colliery uh, in 1981, 43 years ago. 
Uh, a lot of blokes uh, in the Illawarra, that's what they did. They got, got out of school and into the collieries. Uh, they're, uh, they're a pretty straight shooting bunch. What do, what do your coal mining mates think about what you're saying about coal now? Uh, look, it's an interesting question. It's, it's been a journey for me. Um, and initially, you know, five years when I become sensitive to and aware of the need for change, um, you know, a lot of guys sort of piled on, um, my opinion, if ever I spoke, or become aware of my thoughts, they, they, they sort of were pretty reactive. Um, and and, that, and that's, they were pretty reactive. It was, it was a bit harsh, but look, the, the, good, the good news is that, is that um, more miners these days are now aware of the, the broader need for change. I think we're all aware, we all see the impacts of climate change around us. Um, you know, the 1925s, uh, the, 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 the rain, the intensity of the rain, which is gouging out our rivers and creeks. Um, I think everyone's becoming aware of the impacts of burning fossil fuel. So uh, what, what do you think the solution is then, uh, you know, balancing the interests of, uh, of the, the whole world and the, and the, the climate and the, the ecologies that are threatened by the, uh, the, the, the climate emergency and, and those miners that, that, have, that have honestly gone in and spent their life uh, do, doing that hard and dangerous and dirty work? Yeah, and, um, and that's what I like to speak to. You know, I'm a coal miner, I've been in the industry 43 years. I absolutely understand my ob obligations to mine workers and and looking for a practical solution to all of this so um at the end of the day that solution is part of that solution is is no new fossil fuel in uh projects um it's a bit of a nuanced um message because it gets drowned out in this idea that we want to shut an industry down overnight and that's what i want to try and communicate it's not about shutting down an industry it's about a transition and, and that part of that is is no new fossil fuel projects so coal mines projects that are already open are on foot um, you know look a coal mine has a life of 30 years and so I believe that there's plenty of projects already open on foot to support coal miners um, I've only ever been a coal mine it's the only thing I know what to do understand their anxiety but I I tend to have, I'm confident there's projects already happening that will support those families, those people into the future in this transition. Yeah, I've heard it said that uh, the biggest threat to New South Wales coal miners' jobs is the uh, new coal mines opening in Queensland. The Adani mine, for instance, is, uh, is more competition for them uh, than, than the renewable energy sector almost. Yeah, and that's, that's sort of an interesting thing. And, you know, back in the, around the 2000, around the, in the 1990s, look, the industry was on its knees then. This hasn't happened before. Coal miners have been through this before. Um, and, you know, it's true. Look, a lot of coal miners packed up and um, moved to Queensland. I was lucky enough to stay in the industry in the Illawarra till 2002, and then I um, moved to Queensland myself. Um, and look, there's, there's, there's other parts of that to unpack. It's, it's about thermal coal, it's about metallurgical coal, and those um, merging technologies which are, are, are taking, making those resources redundant. But, um, you know, metallurgical coal is the, still the, the biggest part of the um, coal industry in Queensland. They, they export 90% of their products metallurgical coal. They export 200 million tonnes a year. Um, so... Coal miners, are, coal miners are, uh, have some degree of dexterity, they're adaptable people, um, so look, I, still, I think there's opportunity for them in this transition. Mm. Mm. So, uh, so what, 
are we calling for then? What's the what's that transition going to look like for those coal miners? What do you think? How is that going to be done? It's an absolutely good question and the most relevant question for today for mine workers today. And and my my sort of I I can't speak for everything there. But look, at the end of the day, let's be honest with mine workers. Um, let's let's as mine workers, let's be a part of that conversation. Let's broaden our outlook and our thinking and the information we get so that we can make decisions for ourselves and for our families um, and adapt to those changing circumstances which are going to take place over you know what time frame that's the question is it is it five years if it is, is, is it is it ten years I don't know the answer to that but um, there is time and, and we need to make ourselves aware of the circumstances and be a part of the conversation so, so you you were uh, speaking at the, on Sunday about um, the, the the parts per million in the atmosphere of CO2, and and you, you started out as a coal miner, and it was 300 parts per million. You were doing testing around the mines, is that right? And you found the the the, the alarming levels. Is that, is that one of the things that triggered you? Um, not quite that, but look, it was part of my job that I had every day, continuously, more or less. I had to be aware of the gas levels of different gases in the mine which included CO2 and methane. I was acutely aware of the level of CO2 in the atmosphere at the time of my employment which was 300 parts per million. It was part of my job, I was trained to detect that gas um, and look at the end of the day it wasn't that which, um, which made me sensitive to the issue, it was an international broadcast which told me that the level had was now 420 parts per million which totally surprised me because my indoctrination, uh, my exposure to the industry was it was 300. So I was totally surprised at the change and it sort of made me a bit angry that the government hadn't, you know, the people that I relied upon to keep me informed, which was the government, hadn't kept me informed of this change. Sure, there's some responsibility on my part to understand that change, but I'd missed it. And I, here it was, an international news broadcast told me that for the 40 years of my employment, my work life, um, there was that change, you know, a 50% change in that in a, in, a, in a gas, which is absolutely important in terms of determining our climate, and that's CO2. Mining also uh, releases methane, which is another critical gas in terms of greenhouse uh, gas and climate impacts. And, um, you know, um, I've also become aware of the methane that's liberated in the mining process. My companies have, have moved to try and capture that gas and, and use it in electrical generation, which is great. But look, at the end of the day, um, there's still some methane that ends up in the atmosphere, which is critical to our, our climate. So you've been you know, deeply disappointed by the, the government's response. As you say, they're responsible for protecting their citizens and, and telling us the truth about what's going on in the world. And, uh, you know, as a miner, uh, what, what do you think about the, the Labor government, the new Labor governments, both in New South Wales and federally? Uh, what, what do you think about their approaches? And what would you be calling on them to do now? Yeah, look, it is, and I, I'm not a political person. I don't care who's in government. I just want somebody who will manage our environment and our impacts on climate responsibly. And so I'm a bit disappointed because, you know, for the last sort of 10, 15 years, um, you know, they've led us up the garden path. They've said that, you know, Australia has basically continued to peddle the idea that we can keep on doing what we're doing, and, and, that's, and that's what's got me a bit 
bit disappointed and a bit angry. Um, and so what we can do is we can be honest with mine workers, we can be honest with the community, we can be emphatic and, um, and, and say that the, the simple fact is we are impacting our employment. We know we, we, we burn 8,000 million tonnes of coal across the globe per year and we're going to do that again next year. We simply can't keep doing that. It's crazy. So, what we can do is say that we can we can say there's going to be no new fossil fuel projects, and we can then work to that 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 framework where we're human beings. We've got this level of ingenuity. We can respond to the circumstances constructively together as one community. And you know, I'm sad about this division. I'm sad with politicians who simply want to create fear, anxiety and divide the community and I think the rest of Australia is over it. I hope so. I, I want to move on together. I want coal mines to be a part of that conversation. Well, yeah, I think that's a lot of people here have got a similar sentiments and, 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 and being together here has been an inspiring experience for a lot of us. I mean, how, what, how have you felt about this uh, rising tide event, the, the blockade of the world's biggest coal port? How has it felt to you to be, to be in this group of people? It's been, it's been amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm uplifted. I've got that energy of hope back um, and being amongst like-minded people, you know, and people much older than me, I'm 60, um, and they're just brave people. They've only got, there's only one thing they want in life and that is a livable place for people not yet born yet. And that is absolutely inspiring for me. And on the, on the same hand, you've got young people who are 20 and 30 um, who have got the clarity of mind um, and the persistence to basically affect change. And, and it's just an amazing space. Mm. Well, Grant, thank you so much for being here and thank you for talking to Environmental as Anything today. Thanks for your time and I appreciate it and um, good luck with everything. That was Grant Howard, coal miner and advocate for No New Coal at the People's Blockade, the rising tide at the mouth of the Hunter River in Newcastle, the world's biggest coal port. So what was the People's Blockade? Well, it was 3,000 people over 32 hours blockading with 350 in the overnight flotilla. 500 campers, 12 volunteer teams, 631 volunteer shifts, 109 arrests, 992 media hits, 10 coal ships disrupted and half a million tonnes of coal blocked. It was also a lot of fun, uh, a great opportunity to meet uh, our community and to feel empowered and uh, and supported uh, amongst a group of positive and determined people looking forward to a positive future for our climate and our civilization with no new coal
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Environmental As Anything podcast. Uh, I'll be bringing them to you as regularly as I can. If you'd like to tune in to more of this kind of uh, material, uh, there's plenty of episodes available. You can subscribe to our podcast and while you're there, you might as well rate it and help uh, spread the word by sharing it on social media if you can. We're on social media, of course, on Facebook particularly. You can find us anywhere you look for environmental as anything. And if you're really keen to see the show carry on, please do go and support us on Patreon. Again, you can find us by just searching environmental as anything Patreon. Thank you for your support. Be gentle with yourselves. Be kind to each other. And remember, we are all in this together. Uh